Welcome to the study of God's Word, recorded live from Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. To learn more about the many resources available through Abounding Grace Media, visit us online at calvaryaurora.org or download our free app on all platforms. And now, let's open our Bibles and study God's Word. Well, I want to welcome you guys. I'm so thankful to be here with you all. Um, I do have one thing to tell you guys. My, our, our church in Billing, they, um, they threw us a little party before we left. And they said, make sure that when you go to these churches, make sure that you tell them, thank you. Because they know how, how, how important your guys' support is and how you're praying for us, how you're providing for us. And so I just want to tell you guys, thank you so much. As a church, you guys have been ministering to us in northern Brazil for many years now. And, and you're involved in that. So whether you knew it or not, maybe this is the first time you, you, you didn't know us before, but, but you guys are involved in Brazil and you have been for quite a few years. And so we want to thank you guys. So thank you. Um, we have a little booth out in the foyer. So after service, if you'd like to know more, you can sign up for our newsletters. You can come and say hello. We'd love to chat with you. And so tonight we're going to be in John chapter 15. So if you have a Bible, would you open there to John chapter 15? It's so good to be back here. This is our, our church home. This is the first church that my family and I ever knew. We, we never knew a church before this place. It was at a different place. We were sitting in one of those chairs, but, but this, was, this was our church home. And so to be back here in this place is such an encouraging thing for me. It's such an awesome thing to, to see how God has, has worked in our lives. We were, we were raised up as believers here, and now we get to, to be used by God to bring Him glory, to see other people coming to know Him. So it's amazing to get to be here tonight. And the message tonight is, is very important to me. It's something that God's been really working in my heart for quite a while now. The topic is abide in Christ. That's the main theme. It's abide in Christ. In John chapter 15, Jesus is giving us this picture of what it is to abide in Christ. And so we're going to go ahead and read the first 11 verses. So go ahead and read along with me. John chapter 15, verses 1 to 11. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You're already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Verse 8, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples." As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. 
The, the title of the message is Abide in Christ, but I had a, a really great quote from a guy named Andrew Murray about what that means to abide in Christ. And he says, abiding in Jesus is nothing but giving up oneself to be ruled, taught, and led. And so resting in the arms of everlasting love. We're going to be looking at what it is to abide in Christ, but we're going to be looking at it in three main points tonight. Three things in particular that are produced when we abide in Christ. And those three things we're going to be looking at are peace and joy. And the third one is a different product, but it's a product of abiding in Christ nonetheless. And it's people, it's souls, it's lost coming to know Christ. That's a product of abiding in Christ. That's what we're going to see tonight. This peace, this joy, and others coming to know Christ. Peace and joy, these things have been something that it's been on my heart in such a huge way over the past year. And so God's been working this message in in my life. So I'm really hopeful that for you guys, it's going to minister to you. Because these things are necessary for us as believers. Peace and joy, sometimes we think of them as luxury items that wouldn't it be nice? But no, these are essentials and God's provided them for us. Now, when we jump into a text like this without having any background, we need to understand what's the context. So here in John chapter 15, let's think about the context. The, Jesus and the disciples, they're up in the upper room. They had just finished the Passover meal. And this is after Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So just not too long ago, the city was in its uproar. And people are shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they're putting their clothes down on the road. They're putting their palm branches down. And the city's just going crazy. The Messiah had finally come. Now, what a thrilling moment. But but imagine how thrilling it would have been for the disciples. These guys who had left everything to follow Jesus... Now it's like the moment had finally come. Now everybody gets to see. It's that moment when when Jesus, it's like his time had finally come. How excited would those disciples have been in that moment? Here they are at the Passover meal in the upper room. Jesus had finished washing their feet. They've got to be so excited. But Jesus, he starts to tell them what's to come. He starts to tell them some really bad news. He says, one of you will betray me. And so I imagine that that room just must have been, just all the air went out of it in that moment. One of you will betray me. And they were like, who who is it, me, Lord? That's terrible news to hear. Then he tells them something even worse. And remember, these are people who had surrendered everything. They left everything in order to follow Jesus. And Jesus tells them, where I'm going, you can't follow me. That's devastating news. Everything was so exciting. They were so happy. And now they're hearing one of us is a betrayer. And now we can't even follow him. What's going on? Peter said, well, Lord, why can't I follow you? I'd lay my life down for you. And the other disciples, yeah, we would lay our lives down. Why can't we follow you? They were troubled. And Jesus knew they were troubled. 
And so beginning in chapter 14, you can turn there just, just at chapter 14, verse 1. Beginning in chapter 14, Jesus begins to comfort his disciples. He knew they were troubled. He says in verse 1, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. You believe in God, believe, believe also in me. They were agitated. Figuratively, that idea of being troubled, it means to be set in motion when you're supposed to be still. So Jesus begins comforting them. He knew they were upset. And so he begins to minister to them. He tells them, look, I'm going away and you can't follow me now, but I'm coming back. I go to prepare a place for you and I'll come back for you. And then wherever I am, that's where you'll be. Guys, when Jesus said that, that's exactly what a groom would have said to his bride. The disciples would have known that. So in their culture, when a, a, a bride-to-be and the groom, they, they would have that contract that they were betrothed. Essentially, they were married, but the marriage wasn't consummated yet. And then the groom would say, okay, I'm going to go now, and I'm going to go and prepare a place. So he would go back to his dad's house, and he would start building on top of his dad's house. He would start preparing all their furniture. He would start preparing for the giant wedding feast that they were going to have. And then at some unknown time, he would go back for his bride. And then from that moment on, wherever he would be, that's where she would be. So the disciples, they heard Jesus saying this, and they understood that. He's talking like a groom. So he's coming back. So Jesus is comforting them. And then he tells them the Holy Spirit, the comforter, is going to come, and he's going to stay with you forever. So Jesus continues to comfort him. Look, at, look down at verse 14, verse 27, sorry, in chapter 14. Jesus begins, and here's where we're going to start talking about peace. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give, let not your heart tr be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So in that upper room, there's news that one of us is a betrayer. There's news that we can't follow Jesus anymore. He's going to suffer and he's going to die. The disciples were terrified. They were troubled. They were agitated. They had lost their peace. They had lost their joy. It went from that really exciting moment that everyone's shouting the Messiah had come to, what's going to happen now? They had lost their peace and they had lost their joy. Now, those two things are actually essentials for us, for us Christians. And I imagine that a lot of you tonight are being like, yeah, right. Right. But, but I want you to stay with me, and I hope that you're going to see that they are essentials for us, and God's provided them for us. And so wherever you're at tonight, whatever is going on in your world, whatever it is that's taken away your peace and your joy, I hope that you hear this message tonight, because these things are essential. Peace and joy are important traits for us who follow Christ, and they're attractive traits it attracts people. When I see someone who's full of fear and they're miserable, I'm like, I don't want to be like that. I don't want what you have. But when I see a person who's full of peace and who's full of joy, I'm attracted to that. I want what they have. Oftentimes we think that peace and joy, they're just unattainable. And, and you've got all kinds of reasons why. And I'm sure they're very good reasons. And I'm sure that you could convince a lot of people why peace and joy are unobtainable for you. 
But as we look here in this text, we see these people, these disciples who had given everything to follow Christ. They're troubled. All their peace is gone. All their joy is gone. And Jesus begins to minister to them. And we're going to see that peace and joy are actually provided for us by God. Even in the midst of all kinds of trials and all kinds of terrible things happening in our lives. They're not beyond reach. They're not just for other people and not for you. They're not luxuries that wouldn't it be nice to have peace and joy. No, I'm just going to muddle through my miserable Christian existence and I'm just going to make it to the end someday. It's not very attractive to, to the world, is it? They aren't luxuries. They're actually essentials. And God's provided them for us. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. He says, my peace I give to you. Now there's two senses of peace that we need to consider. The first sense of peace that we need to consider is peace between man and God, peace between God and us. What I mean by that is the opposite of hostility, the opposite of enmity between God and us. You see, the work that Jesus did on the cross, that's the work that provided peace between us and God. In fact, that's the only way that we can have peace between us and God. Because here's the bad news. Apart from Christ, we're under God's wrath. We're at enmity with God. It's hostility between man and God. It's not peace apart from Christ. But in Christ, we have peace with God. That's huge. I mean, that's massive to understand that, that God is not, uh, he, he is not hostile towards me. I'm not under his wrath when I'm in Christ. I'm under his grace. Now, there's probably some people here in this room who are struggling with God who are fighting against God, who are at enmity with God, who aren't under his grace, but under his wrath. And God has a message for you, and I'm so pleased to be able to share it with you. He has a message for you if you're under his wrath, and it's not the message that you might expect. This is what God says to you who are under his wrath. And it comes from Matthew chapter 11, and it's one of the most beautiful things that you've ever heard. Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He's speaking to those who are under his wrath. He's giving an open invitation. Come to me, all you who are labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and lowly in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's the message that he has for you. And the only reason that you're here to hear it is because of God's grace. You're under his wrath. If, you're, if you haven't been forgiven by Christ, if you haven't believed in Christ, then you're under his wrath. But he's saying, come to me. It's an open invitation. And you're hearing this message because of God's grace. We preach in the park on Sunday mornings in this, in this great big park in the middle of downtown Billing. We just show up there during the, during, during the fair on Sunday mornings. 
And we just start worshiping God. And then I start preaching a message and all these people come and they sit and they're like, what is going on here? And I'm preaching in English, so it really grabs their attention. And then we have a translator who's translating right away. And God's always given me that, that word to say, listen, the only reason you're hearing this, for those of you who are apart from Christ, is because of God's grace. You had no idea that you were going to show up to church this morning, but here you are. You're in church, believe it or not. This is the message that, that he gives us in the park on Sunday mornings. And it's amazing how God draws people back to himself by this message when he's saying, come to me. That's the first type of peace. It's an open invitation. And the way to accept that open invitation is by faith. It's by believing that Jesus is who he says he is. It's by believing what the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament says about who he is, that he died for our sins, that he rose from the grave. It's believing. So that open invitation is for you who are under his wrath. And the way you accept that invitation is by believing in this gospel. Jesus died for my sins and he rose from the grave. And I want to submit my life to him from here on out. That means when I say believing in this gospel, it means turning away from my life of sin, worshiping myself, doing whatever my flesh wants, and submitting myself to God. That's the open invitation. So how many of you who are not in Christ, how many of you are tired and weary and have a huge burden on your back, and you're sitting here listening to this message, or maybe you're at home, maybe you're on the radio or wherever. I know that feeling very well. I remember it very well. And I remember thinking, man, there's no way that God would forgive me. There's no way. I've, I've, I'm far too far from him. And that's absurd. That's just pride. <laughs> you're just proud of yourself for being super sinful. And that's ridiculous. It's just pride. There's no one that's outside of his reach of his grace. That open invitation is for you. He's inviting you to have peace. Right now, you're under God's wrath and he's inviting you to have peace. And he says, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Take my burden on you. My yoke is easy. My burden's light. The burden you're carrying is so heavy, it's destroying you. In Christ, you'll find rest. In Christ, you'll find peace. In Christ, you'll find joy. Guys, these are essentials. And if you remember back to that time when you first found Christ, or when, better yet, he found you, when you were saved, you remember that burden being lifted. You remember that joy and that peace. And maybe you've gotten to a point where, where your burdens are heavy again and your, your joy and your peace are gone. Well, that's the, the other type of peace we're going to talk about because the first type of peace is that peace between me and God. The second type is between, is the peace of God. This means that no matter what happens in my life, no matter the circumstances, no matter what's happening, I can have peace. Why? Because of the foundation that I'm on. I've been forgiven. My sins are forgiven. I'm right with God. You know the famous passage in Philippians 4, 6, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in all things, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The word for anxious there, it means to be pulled in so many parts to where you fall in pieces. 
It's the idea that, that, that everything is just such a mess that you just completely fall apart. As believers, that's not fitting for us. Because of the foundation, because of who we are in Christ, because the creator of the universe, he's our heavenly father. And he's for us. And if he's for us, then who can be against us? He works all things for our good. Those of us who are in Christ. So even though I go through horrible trials, I don't fall to pieces. Instead, I have the peace of God. So the word that Paul used for peace there, it's actually the opposite of the word for anxiety. When he says, be anxious for nothing, but then he talks about the peace of God, those are opposites. The peace is like this wholeness. It's the idea of all essential parts being joined together. It's the opposite of falling to pieces. So that's the context of John 15, where Jesus is talking about abiding in me. You know what was happening? The, the disciples in the upper room, their troubles, and Jesus is comforting him. And now Jesus begins to talk to them about abiding in him. In verse 1 of John chapter 15, he says, Jesus, Jesus says that I'm the true vine and God is the vine dresser. And he says, as we abide in Christ... And as we abide in him, God's going to prune us and he's going to clean us for the, for the purpose of producing fruit. He says, apart from Christ, apart from him, there's nothing we can do. There's nothing that has eternal value. We can do lots and lots of different things. But apart from Christ, there's nothing we can do that has eternal value. In Christ, that means submitted to him. That means trusting in him. In Christ, we're going to produce fruit. It's like we can't even help it. I'm living proof of that. And we don't get to take any credit because God's the one that's producing the fruit. As we abide in Christ and we submit to, to the pruning and the cleaning that God does in our lives, we are naturally going to produce fruit. Scroll down just a little bit to, to, to verse 9 and 10 there of John chapter 15. He says, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Peace and joy are essentials for us Christians. That's why he's made them available to us. Peace and joy are necessary and they're fitting for us even when we suffer, even when we're persecuted. We have peace with God because of Christ, because of the finished work that Christ did on the cross. We have peace with him. And we have peace through him that's gonna guard us as we abide in him. So for you Christians in here, how many of you are tired and weary and heavy laden? That invitation from Matthew chapter 11, it's to you as well. When in our church back home, I feel like I'm just preaching the same message over and over and I'm just preaching the gospel. And sometimes I'm preaching it to the same few people and they've heard it over and over again. But I, I remind them because God's reminded me of this. As a Christian, I need the gospel just as much as every other person does. I need the gospel just as much as the person who's completely lost. I need to hear it over and over and I need to see it in every possible angle. I need the gospel. That invitation that is, is open to us to come to him. He's, he's openly inviting us to abide in him. 
That's where you're going to find peace and that's where you're going to find joy. So how do we abide in him? In that previous chapter, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Well, here in this chapter, in chapter 15, he says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. And then look at what he says in verse 11. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Guys, as a Christian, one of the fastest ways to lose our joy is to rebel against God. Sin will rob you of your joy very quickly. But submitting yourself to God and obeying his commands, that's how we abide in Christ. And that's how we're going to have joy to the full. When I deny myself, when I deny my flesh, and I pick up my cross and I follow him, that's abiding in Christ. And as I walk that path of submission, God's going to cleanse me and he's going to prune me. And I'm going to produce fruit. And it's going to be fruit in abundance. And my joy is going to be full. And ultimately, God gets glorified. So that invitation to abide in Christ, it's much like that invitation from Matthew chapter 11. Come to me. So if you're that Christian who's, who's just weary and feel like you're heavy laden, he's still giving that open invitation. Come and abide in me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. He says, I'll give you rest. So if you've been robbed of your peace and joy, if you've, if you've just gotten into this place of where you've lost that peace, where you're, where you're feeling like you're in misery and, and, and you have no sense of joy anymore, he's inviting you to come to him, to abide in him. You aren't going to find true peace and true joy anywhere else. I know, I've, I've looked and I'm sure you know as well. But there's something in you that's like, no, I don't. I'm going to just keep searching. There's things in the world that I haven't quite tried yet. You're not going to find peace anywhere else. As a Christian, you're just, you're going to be miserable every step away that you take further and further away from him. And it's only in submitting to him that you're going to find this peace and this joy that are so essential to you. You know, the, the world tries to offer peace and joy too, but it's this idea that you're going to have this life. It's possible to have this life free from trials and free from trouble. You know that's a scam, right? There's no such thing as a life free from troubles or free from trials. But the peace of God is the peace and the joy that we have in Christ and abiding in Christ means we can have peace and joy even in the midst of trials. And that's when the world's like, what? What's going on here? And by the way, that's when the world pays the most attention because they want to know, is this real? And when do you know it, that it's real or not is when it's put to the test. So when your faith gets put to the test, when something crazy happens in your life and you begin to question God, God, what, how could you allow this? Just know that that's the moment that there's going to be people in your life that are going to just be really watching you because they want to know, is this real? Or is this just another, another fad, another thing in the world? And, and when we're abiding in Christ, when we're following him, those trials are still going to come. They're not going to stop. As I love how Pastor Ed always put it. He's like, you're, you're either in the middle of a trial, you just got out of a trial, or you got one right ahead of you. It's just, it's going to happen. But we can have peace and joy in the middle of that by abiding in him. And then we're going to bear fruit. And that's, that brings me to the final point. 
This, this fruit that we're, that we're seeing when we abide in Christ, it's not just the fruit that we see in Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's not just that fruit of the Holy Spirit. But there's other fruit that happens when we abide in Christ, and that's lost souls coming to know Christ. God's going to produce that fruit, that love, joy, peace. He is going to produce that in us as we abide in Him. But He's also going to use us to draw others to Himself. If you're a Christian and you're walking around and you're full of fear and you're full of anxiety, it's not attractive. People aren't like, ooh, how do I get fear and anxiety? Tell me all the secrets. No, they're like, eh, no thanks. I got plenty of my own. But if you're walking through trials and you have joy and you have peace, people are going to watch that and they're going to be like, what's going on with you? How, how in the world can you have joy and peace when this just happened? And they're really going to want to know, so you better be prepared to answer. The world's searching for, for this peace. I know it, it doesn't seem like it. I know that the people... Be- because they're under God's wrath and they're blinded by the enemy and they're hostile towards God, but they want that peace. They want that joy. And God wants to use you to draw people to himself. So I just want to ask you guys as we close tonight, if if there's any of you in here tonight who you know that you are not under his peace, you know that you're actually under the wrath of God, if that's you tonight and you're here in this place, and God's stirring you up, and you have all this stuff going on, and you're like, oh, what's going on with me right now? That's God drawing you to himself. I know that feeling, and I know how I'm like, I'm not raising my hand. No way. I'm sitting right here, and no, I'm not doing that stuff. Man, God's grace has brought you here to this place to hear the gospel. You might think that, that he's just furious with you, and he's just ready to pound you. You heard From his own word, he's openly inviting you to come to him. So I want to ask you guys, as we we finish tonight, I want to ask you, if you're in that place where you're, you're under God's wrath, he's drawing you to himself. He's inviting you to believe in this gospel that Jesus died for your sins and he rose from the grave. He's inviting you to lay down this life of sin and to pick up this cross, to die to yourself, and to follow him. Church, would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for your your gospel. And Father, I thank you that you're so graceful that you're calling people to yourself tonight. And as we're praying, Lord, I just want to, I want to speak to those people that might be under your wrath that are here in this place, and and I want to ask them, I want to ask you, if you're in that place and you're willing and ready to surrender your life, you've heard this gospel, you believe it, then I want to ask you to raise your hand. If you take this moment, God bless you, to hear this gospel, God bless you guys. You've heard that there's this open invitation, that that he wants you. That might be hard for you to believe, but that's the truth. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants you. Is there anybody else that wants to take this moment right now and say, God, I want my sins forgiven. I want to stop living this life of sin. I want to surrender. I want to give up, and I want to follow you. Is there anybody else that wants to take that and make that declaration publicly tonight?
God bless you. For you Christian, if you're in here tonight and you're feeling heavy, burdened, and you're feeling weary and tired, um, I just want to remind you that that invitation is to you as well. He's calling you to abide in him, to turn away from sin, and to follow him, to pick up this cross, this instrument of death, to die to yourself and to follow him. Church, if there's anybody in here that just knows, man, I need to, I needed this message tonight. I need, I need to lay this stuff aside. I need to follow you. If you want, raise your hand up so I can pray with you. God bless you. Anybody else? Let's pray, church. Lord, we thank you so much that your grace and your mercy, your gospel says that if we believe, if we confess with our mouths and we believe in our hearts that we'll be saved, our sins forgiven. And that means I'm part of the family of God now. And Lord, for those of us who are in Christ, who, are, who, who maybe just haven't been abiding in you, Lord, we want to turn to you, God. We want to turn away from our sins and we want to follow you. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for what you've done for us. We love you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. We pray that you've been encouraged by this Bible study delivered live from the sanctuary of Calvary Aurora. For prayer or a copy of this study, call us at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. Or visit us online at calvaryaurora.org. Be blessed as you worship Jesus this week.